This dynamic message is brought to you by Redemption in Jesus with Marco Bravo. All right, so here is the title of our series that we are finishing today, and this is part two. It is titled, Faith Always Finds a Way. And this is part two, and part two we've subtitled, How Faith Finds a Way. And that's what we're going to look at today. We're going to take an account from Scripture, and we are going to draw from that um, aspects or principles, or yeah, I don't like to use those words too often because, you know, <laughs> general legalistic teaching is always about principles and points and to-dos and don't-dos and I, I don't believe that's the heart of God, otherwise He would have given us a self-help manual. He gave us the gospel, amen, and we need to see the gospel in it. But there are practical things that we need to draw from Scripture without making the assumption that we are going, you know, we are being put back under law or that we're going back to legalism and performance. No, as you know, faith without works is dead. And that's works of faith, works of grace. It's not works of law. It's not works of earning or deserving. So there are, there's a, there's a practical aspect at least to Christianity, to faith, to being a believer. There are things that we need to engage in, not because we're trying to earn or deserve anything from God, but because we have His blessing, <clears throat> this is what we do to engage with His blessing. Amen. And so that's what the series is of last week. We looked at what faith means. <clears throat> and remember, we saw three specific things. We saw that faith means to believe God. We saw that faith means to expect a favorable outcome based on a promise from God. So we always need to attach what our expectation is from God or, for, you know, when it comes to trusting God, we need to attach our expectation to a promise. We can't just make an assumption. We can't just let it float out there because if that's the case, then it's just pure optimism and that's carnal. That's, that's uh, humanistic. We need to attach our expectation to a promise from God. In other words, God, you promise this, you say this, that's why I'm expecting those results, that's why I'm believing and trusting you. And then the third thing that we saw as far as what faith means, remember I said what faith means, not what faith is, what faith means is, is that faith means to have confidence in God's nature and character. His nature is love, He is love, and His character is one of integrity. And so we saw that. And so <clears throat> thinking about that and building on that, we are moving on today to some practical aspects of how faith finds a way. Another way you can put that is, how do we create an environment where faith can find a way for us? Where as we believe God, it will find a way. Because faith always does find Away. So no matter what we face, we know and we have seen that faith will always find a way. Believing will always find a way. It's the same thing. It's synonymous, right? And just like water always finds a way, always finds its way. I mean, you can take water in any, any kind of terrain, any surface, multi-shaped, multi wherever it is. If you just begin to pour water, it'll find its way through whatever surface you've poured it on. And in the same way, faith also 
finds its own level as you have seen. You can pour water into different connected containers of different shapes, uh, different angles. Water will always find its straight level. It's amazing how God has put creation together. And that we use as a symbol for us to remind us that in the same way, believing always finds a way. Faith always finds a way. It's to remind us that faith will always find God's level for our situation, for our circumstance. And so this is about trusting God and trusting the fact that He's given us the gift of faith. He's given us the ability to believe. And so because He's given that to us, we can trust Him, we can depend on Him. And faith will always find a way. Faith will always bring everything to the level of God's will in our lives. Amen. And so as a refresh, as a reminder, I'd like us to again to just quickly enjoy the 20 second or 20 something second video clip of the illustration that I use. Now, remember, here you're going to see what is known as a, um, what is the name of that device again? Anyway, it's on the video, but it's a device with multiple shapes, multiple sizes, angles, and there's a liquid pouring there, which is water, but it's been colored red so that you can see it clearer. But you'll see that not only does water find its way, but also it always levels itself. It always finds its own level. And that's to remind us and to show us faith will always find a way. And faith will always bring our situations to the level of God's will. So let's enjoy this and I'll be right back. It's called a communicating vessel. <laughs> so, but you've seen that. You saw that as water is poured in, it always finds its way. And secondly, it always finds its own level. And I believe that one of the reasons why God did that is to remind us of things like this about faith. That faith will always find a way and faith will always bring everything to the level of God's will. So whatever you may be going through, and I know that many of us are facing different things, different situations. It may have to do with our health. It may have to do with our finances. It may have to do with, you know, our relationships. It may have to do with, I don't know, just other people that you love and what they're going through. I want to remind you today, and God is reminding you today <clears throat> through this message, that faith will always find a way. Faith will always bring God's level of blessing to your situation. Amen. Praise God. But faith is trusting God. Faith is believing God. So today specifically, I want us to look at how faith finds a way. And we are going to take a look at six different aspects, six different, I don't, like I said, I don't like calling them principles, but people understand what you mean when you say that. But six different things that we can do to facilitate an atmosphere with faith, where faith will find a way, where faith will bring the, you know, God's level of blessing into our lives. Just six things that we're going to draw out from an account that we are very familiar with. And so let's begin that by reading. And for time's sake, we're not going to read every little bit of it. We're going to read what's applicable. And then 
draw out those aspects, those principles from there. So Luke chapter 5 verses 17 to 20 and then we're going to jump to the second part of verse 24 and verse 25. Here we're going to see the account we're familiar with and we're going to draw out those specific aspects. So let's begin with verse 17. It says, Now it happened on a certain day as he was teaching, that's Jesus, okay, as he was teaching, notice he was teaching, that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by with the people, with the crowd, by the way, who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem. Watch this now. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Now that portion right there is so loaded, there are so many things. But what I want to draw your attention to first is where it says that Jesus was teaching. Remember we're talking about how faith funds away and aspects that help us facilitate an environment where faith finds a way. So the first thing we see there is that Jesus was teaching. If you look at the same account from uh, Mark's account, from Mark, uh, the book of Mark, here's how he puts it in Mark 2 verse 2. It says, immediately many gathered together. So that shows you that it wasn't just the Pharisees and Sadducees, the religious leaders of the law. There was a multitude of people. Immediately many gathered together so that there was no longer room to receive them, not even near the door. Watch this. And he, talking about Jesus, preached the word to them. So what was Jesus teaching them? What was he preaching to them? God's word. That's what he was doing. And so it's interesting how we begin to see the picture here. And we see this place where it gets so filled that there's no more room anywhere. And Jesus is teaching. So he's having church. He's preaching. And sitting by with the crowd are religious leaders who obviously are critical. Who obviously, as you know, we know the story, they were looking for a way to find fault with him, to accuse him, something to accuse him with, so they can have him removed because of the popularity that he was having because of the fact that he was preaching gospel truth. And they didn't like that. They didn't like their system being changed or being challenged. They didn't like the status quo being challenged. And so that's what was going on. So they, they were sitting by. In other words, they weren't really paying attention, but in a way they were listening because they were looking for fault. But the rest of the people, their hearts were open. They were ready to receive and be blessed by what he had to share. And so, but the first thing that I want to draw your attention to is, is that Jesus, it says, was teaching and he was preaching the word of God. And so, why was he doing that? Well, for them to believe, they had to be taught. And isn't that how it is with us? This is why we have church. This is why we have Bible study. This is why we encourage you to spend time in the word. But also, forget not... That God, in Ephesians 4, He tells us that He anoints specific people to teach the Word of God to us, to preach the Word of God to us. And so He appoints that in a church. What we see here is, is that Jesus is teaching. Because as He's teaching God's Word, not His opinion, not a self-help gospel, not a feel-good gospel. He was pre... And I believe there's room for those when we need them. Because, you know, emotionally as beings, sometimes we just need that kind of encouragement. But more than that, the teaching and the preaching of God's Word specifically will do what it did for them right there. 
And so that's what Jesus was teaching. He was teaching so that they would believe. That's the reason why he was doing that. And Romans 10, 17, which we are familiar with, verifies that and tells us that. Look at this over here. So then faith, or you could say believing, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So you can see that it is God's design. It's how he has wired us. It's how he has created us. He's created us for us to hear the gospel, to hear teaching and preaching of God's word. And as we hear it, as we receive it, believing, faith rises from within. And now it begins to work for us. Now we have an environment where faith can begin to find a way, where faith will find a way, where faith will bring whatever's going on to the level of God's will for our lives. Amen. And then also we see in Mark chapter 6, verse 5 and 6, though this is a different account, I want to show you how important it is for us to have teaching of the Word of God. Mark chapter 5, verse 5 and 6. It says, Now he could do no mighty work there. Talking about Jesus in his hometown, by the way. Except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and he healed them. Now, was there something wrong with Jesus? Of course not. Watch what it says next. And he marveled <clears throat> because of their unbelief. In other words, they didn't believe. Then he went about the villages in a circuit teaching. So watch that real carefully. First, he couldn't do anything for them because they didn't believe. Because there was no faith to find a way. So what did he do? It says that he marveled because of their unbelief. In other words, he was shocked. But then what did he do as a solution? Then he went about the villages in a circuit teaching. So how did Jesus address unbelief? By teaching. Because he knows that if you teach the word of God, believing comes along. So right there we pick up the first aspect, the first principle, if you will, that helps us facilitate an environment where faith will find a way, which is faith finds a way when the heart is saturated with God's word. And that's why he was teaching, <clears throat> he was preaching. When he saw unbelief, what did he do? He went about teaching so that they would believe. And so that's our first principle that we draw from that as far as having an environment where faith will find a way. It is that the heart needs to be saturated with the Word of God. That's why it's good for us to hear, to listen to teaching. And I'm talking about good, solid teaching that knows how to tell the difference between law and grace, that doesn't mix law and grace, that doesn't engage in legalistic doctrine, that doesn't engage in religious doctrine. And I'm not saying we've arrived, but we've left. But the point is, is that we need to be so careful, just like we are careful with what we eat, I mean, I've seen, you know, the older we get, the more we realize about nutrition and the importance of nutrition. And so we begin to educate, inform ourselves, you know, what foods are good, what foods are not. And then we begin to watch what we eat so that we can continue enjoying good health. Well, it's the same thing. We need to have the same approach when it comes to the Word of God, the teaching that we hear, the preaching that we hear. I know some folks just think, well, you know, if I just put it on this channel or that channel, and I'm not saying the channel itself is bad, but they have different preachers who preach all kinds of different things. And if you put on something that you, is just continuously feeding you legalistic doctrine, religious doctrine, and it's not, and you know, it may even be feel good. It may even be just, you know, self-help principles. 
you don't realize how all of that is actually programming what's on the inside of you. And at the end of the day, you need to ask yourself, is this causing me to believe God's word and God's truth, which lines up with Jesus in the finished book of the cross? If it doesn't, well, we need to reevaluate what we're listening to. Because, you know, <clears throat> a long time ago, and I mean, this may not be a related thing, but one thing that I personally don't enjoy is gossip. I don't enjoy, when people start telling me about other people and they start telling me about, you know, their faults and what they've done and what they've noticed and this and that, it may all be true and they mean well in telling me all that, but I just don't enjoy it because I don't think that's the heart of God. I mean, I don't go to pray to God and begin to trash someone else. God's not interested in that because He loves that person like He loves me. And so, you know, a long time ago as a young man, there was a time when I was working in an environment where, you know, everyone was backstabbing everyone and talking behind their back. And it bothered me so much. And, and I prayed about it. I said, Lord, what do I do? Help me. And, you know, he kind of showed me a picture of my ears and in the place of my ears, trash cans. And I believe that he said to me is that, you know, your ears are not trash cans. So don't let people throw their trash in your ears, meaning that don't let it receive it into your heart. And so that day, and this is way back in my probably mid-30s, if not sooner than that, that's when I decided, you know what, my ears are not trash cans. I'm not going to open them to listening to gossip, to someone else trashing someone else. And you who know me know that. The minute I pick that up and the minute it starts, I just, I walk away, I change the conversation, I try and diffuse the situation just because I don't believe our ears are made to be that. Why? Because we receive through our hearing. And I want to receive faith. I want to receive positive things. I want to receive the Word of God. And I'm sure you feel the same. This is why it is important for us to saturate our hearts with God's Word, because that facilitates the environment for faith to find a way. Amen. So that's the first thing. Now let's continue with that account that we are reading. But I want to show you something else first in verse 17. Now it happened on a certain day, as he was teaching, that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law, watch what it says next, sitting by. And as we saw in Mark, there was a huge crowd. There was no more room. But now here's the difference. The teachers and the, and the, uh, the Pharisees and teachers of the law, they were sitting by, but they were not paying attention, really. They were just listening, looking for fault. So they were not receiving in their heart. They were just intellectually looking for something to accuse Jesus of. But the rest of the people were listening to him. Right? Who had come out of every town, Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Isn't that awesome? So what we see here is, is that clearly those who were healed were healed because they believed. And they believed because they were taught the word of God. And they were taught because they sat and received the teaching of God's Word. Can you see the connection there? Can you see the, what happened there? They took the time to sit and listen. They listened to the Word and they received it with an open heart. And when they received it, faith rose from within and they believed. And as a result, it facilitated for the presence of God to manifest, to respond to their believing, because that's what believing does. When we believe, God's presence responds. It has to respond because that's how it's designed. And so that's what happened. But it's interesting 
how it points out to us that the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, they were just sitting by. In other words, they weren't really connecting like everyone else was. And clearly, they didn't experience the same thing. And so, you know, another example of this sitting by and listening to the Word of God. Another example of that that we see in Scripture is from Luke chapter 10, verse 38 to 42. Watch this. This is about Mary and Martha. It says, Now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. Look at that. Mary sat down by Jesus and she listened to his teaching, to his preaching. So she did the same thing the other people were doing. She didn't just sit by. And as you'll see in a moment, Martha sat by but then got busy. And so there's the difference. Mary sat by. Then it says, verse 40, But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. And look at what Jesus says in verse 41 and 2. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. Now watch this. But one thing is needed. And what is that? And Mary has chosen that good part which will not be taken from her. What was that one thing? Sitting at Jesus' feet, listening and receiving His teaching and preaching. And Jesus said, Martha, it's not that He didn't appreciate her serving, but He said, you know, there's a time and a place for everything. And He said, when it comes to the teaching of God's Word, you have chosen this one thing, and it's a good part, and you shouldn't let anyone take it away from you. So clearly, it's because as Mary received she would believe. And as she believed, then faith would find a way. Faith would make a way. Faith would bring her situations in line to the level of God's will, His blessing and His favor. Amen. So that's where we pick up our second uh, aspect, our second principle. And here it is here on the screen. Faith finds a way when hunger for God's word trumps everything. And you know what I mean by that. It's not someone's last name. It means that it supersedes everything. So faith finds a way when hunger for God's word trumps everything. That's the second thing we see there. Now, let's continue with that account. But I want to show you one more thing in verse 17. And then I promise we'll move on. All right, so here it is again, verse 17. Watch us. Now it happened on a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem. Watch this. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Isn't that interesting? So what we see here is, is that Jesus taught them. They sat and listened. They believed. And faith made a way for the healing power of God to manifest right there and then. The power was present. So you want the presence of the Lord right there where you need it? Watch what, is, what happens there. They were taught, they received, they believed, and what happened? It, it was like a magnet. It attracted the presence of, presence of God right there and then where they needed it. In other words, 
they didn't have to think about, you know, the last few years ago when they went to a revival meeting and how awesome the presence was and kind of, you know, polish the past. And, you know, when we polish the past, the future begins to look dusty. But no, and they didn't think about, oh, how awesome it'll be. You know, as the more we get into the teaching, the more this and that, the more we come and listen to Jesus, eventually the presence is going to be there. No, they sat, they received, and as they believed, it automatically drew the presence of God right there to them for their situation. And faith made a way, faith brought everything to the level of God's will. Amen. Isn't that awesome? So that takes us to our third aspect, to our third principle, which is on the screen now. Faith finds a way when there is expectation for God's presence. So as you believe, as you hear the teaching, expect the presence of God. Because believing faith always like a magnet attracts the presence of God. And you will see that as you believe, as you have confidence, as you go somewhere and as you trust in God for favor, you believe that, you have that expectation attached to a promise from God, expect the presence of God to do something for you. I know there's often times, just this past week, um, you know, I <laughs> went to see someone and I needed to be interviewed for the situation. And I could sense the presence of God and I could sense it working in my life and working in my favor. It was just absolutely awesome. So praise God, praise God for that. Amen. So we've seen that there, the third principle, that faith finds a way when there is an expectation for God's presence. Now, let's continue. Verse 18 to 20. Then behold, men brought on a bed a man who was paralyzed whom they sought to bring in and lay before him. That's Jesus. And when they could not find how to, they might bring him in because of the crowd. Remember, this was packed. There was no room. They went up on the housetop and let him down with his bed through the tiling into the midst before Jesus. When he saw their faith, he said to him, Man, your sins are forgiven you. Now again, <laughs> this portion is loaded. So I'm going to show you and draw, draw a few principles, a few aspects from there. So as we see that, I mean, talk about a believing people. These people that were carrying the man clearly believed. They believed so that they were willing to <laughs> open up the structure of this house. I don't know whose house it was, but uh, I don't think it was theirs. But there they are nonetheless. They're going to open up the roof to do what they needed to do so that their faith, their believing, would manifest what they were trusting God for. But you can see how faith finds a way. And so the action they took was just amazing. I mean, how many of us think and can think of people around us that would do that for us? I'd like to think that you would, and I want you to think that I would do that for you. That we'll open up the roof, carry you, and go do all the effort and do what we need to do so you can get your miracle. But this is phenomenal, remarkable, believing people. Because they were doing all this because they believed. Amen. And when you believe, faith finds a way. Faith will always bring our situations to the level of God's will for our lives. So they weren't even in the room. They were listening from outside. And they probably had listened to Jesus before. So as they did that, there was faith. And faith always finds a way. And that's exactly what happened here. Now, 
The book of Mark tells us that there were four of them. So obviously, I'm guessing one at each corner of this bed that they were carrying the man in. So let's take a look at that real quick. Mark 2 verse 3. Watch this. Then they carried, uh, sorry, then they came to him, bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. So there you see that it was four of them. Okay. And so when you think about that and what just happened there with him opening up the roof and letting him down, Think about this. Faith itself, believing, is invisible. I mean, if I were to see, say to you right now, as you are looking at me, if I were to say to you, can you tell if I have faith? Can you tell if there is faith working in my life? Can you tell if I'm full of faith, full of believing? Can you? Not really, <laughs> right? Because faith is invisible. So how did Jesus see faith because it says when he saw their faith how did jesus see faith by their actions and that's how you know that someone has faith that's how you know that someone believes because our actions always reveal what we believe isn't that so and that's what happened here that's how jesus was able to determine that faith was present that the faith that would make a way and so when Jesus saw collective faith, or should I say, the collective expression of faith, because they were expressing faith by opening up the roof, climbing on the roof, they were expressing faith. What did he do? He responded immediately. Immediately he said to the man, Hey man, <laughs> and I'm putting it my way, Hey man, your sins are forgiven you. Isn't that so? Praise God for that. So that takes us to our fourth aspect, our fourth principle that facilitates an environment where faith will always make a way. Watch this here. Faith finds a way when the company we keep believes like we do. So it's good for us to be around people that believe like we do. It's good for, those, for us to be around people who listen to the same teaching, who enjoy the same preaching, who believe like we do. That's what we see there and that's what facilitates the environment for faith to find a way for faith to bring everything to the level of god's will amen praise god praise god all right now there's something else that i want to show you in verse 19 so let's look at that again it says and when they could not find how they might bring him in because of the crowd watch this they went up on the housetop and let him down with with his bed through the tiling into the midst of Jesus. So, what we see from there is, is that there is no doubt that they believed. Clearly they believed, right? We know this because they did what? They looked up. So when they realized, okay, there's no way for us to get past this crowd. There's no path that will lead us to Jesus where we can take our friend. It's full. There's no way. There's walls in the way. We can't get through the walls. But hold on a minute. Let's look up. And when they looked up, they saw a way. And I believe in a way God just by significance put that in Scripture to let us know. When there seems to be no way, when there are situations that just seem to, how do I get this? How is this going to happen? How is anything going to change for me? How about looking up? How about looking up? Because faith always finds a way. Belief was already in their heart and it found a way. When in the natural they couldn't find a way in, Faith made a way and, and said to them, look up. <laughs> That's where your solution is. It's pretty awesome, isn't it? 
I mean, it's just, I think it's just so wonderfully symbolical for us. You know, when we face situations, it seems helpless, let's look up. Faith will find a way. And I'm speaking to myself here more than you know. Praise God. And so when one truly believes, what happens? The action matches the belief. Isn't that so? If we believe, our action, our actions will match what we believe. Amen. And so when the paralyzed man's friends, believing friends at least, could not find a way to express their faith, to express what they believed, they took extreme action. That was extreme, wouldn't you agree? I mean, imagine if it was your house and someone just started opening the roof, cut through the ceiling to let someone down because the place was full. You had Jesus preaching at your house. That's pretty extreme, <laughs> I would say. Amen. And so, you know, we see the same thing in James chapter 2 and different verses. We're going to read those just for time's sake. And it confirms that faith and action, or James calls it works. And these are works of faith, not works of the law. Works of faith is the difference. But he shows us that if we believe, we've got to have corresponding action. We've got to have corresponding works of faith. Look at this in James 2 verse 14. The first part of verse 14 and then 17 and 18. <clears throat> Watch this. What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith? In other words, if you say you believe, but don't show it by your actions. See? So if you believe something, your actions are going to reveal that you believe it. Then it says in 17, So you see, faith by itself isn't enough. So it's not enough just to believe, unless it produces good deeds. In other words, matching actions. It is dead and useless. So someone can be full of belief, but if they don't have actions that match that, well, <laughs> what they believe is dead and useless, it says. 18. Now someone may argue, some people have faith, others have good deeds. In other words, he has legalistic reason, reasoning, you know, trying to make this acceptable. So, well, some people just believe, but some people act on what they believe. Watch what he says about that. But I say, how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? I will show you my faith by my good deeds. So what James is doing there is he's clarifying for us. If you believe, if you say you believe, then you are going to have corresponding actions to what you believe. If you believe, but you don't do anything, then it's just dead and useless. It does nothing for you. And see, this is what we see with these friends, or if they were family, of this paralyzed man. They believed. They found a way to express what they believed. Now you may say, well, how do I do that today? Well, different situations require different actions. I, I couldn't tell you, you know, just one basic way of doing it. But for example, you know, if you believe the promises of God about healing, for example, then voice them. That's an action. You know, voice them. And I'm not saying go be foolish. I've seen people being foolish and just cut off all medication, this and that. No, that's legalistic and extreme. What I'm saying is, is that begin to trust the Holy Spirit. Begin faith to let you be guided in your actions. What actions should you take? Amen. And like I say, speaking is something we can all do right away. And so speak what you believe. Begin to, you know, just declare what you believe. And don't turn it into a legalistic thing either. Do it because you have, not because you're trying to get. Amen. But believing has corresponding action. Faith expresses itself 
in action. Amen. Just like we've seen over those men, they opened up the roof. That was believing. That was belief. That was faith expressing itself. And that kind of faith made a way. Amen. So that's where we see our fifth um, aspect, our fifth principle here, which is going to come up on the screen. Faith finds a way when belief has corresponding action. Praise God. Amen. That's so true. All right. So now there's one more thing I want to show you in verse 20 now, uh, as far as where we're going to draw our sixth uh, aspect, our sixth principle here. So look at verse 20. It says, when he saw their faith, he said to him, man, your sins are forgiven you. So what we see there is, is that Jesus basically, or in essence, cut to the root of any and every issue in life, which is what? Forgiveness. If we understand God's forgiveness, if we understand what it meant for Jesus to go to the cross to redeem us, if we understand the fullness of the finished work of the cross, we understand that we were forgiven for all of our sin. Now, legalistic interpretation of Scripture will tell you otherwise. Religion will tell you otherwise. But gospel truth says that when Jesus gave His life on the cross and died and said, it is finished, <clears throat> He took the penalty of all of our sin upon Himself. He literally died with our sin. All of our sin, past, present, future. Now again, I have to say it. If anyone thinks that's a license to then go and sin because you're already forgiven, you're fooling yourself because sin has a wage, it says in the Bible. Sin will pay you if you work for it. And besides that, do it long enough, it'll harden your heart, tear your conscience, and eventually you'll find yourself rejecting salvation in Jesus. And then you are eternally doomed. So don't take this the wrong way. But it doesn't change gospel truth. We are forgiven of all of our sin, past present and future. And when someone appropriates that, when someone understands it, receives it, believes it, and makes it their own, and they live in it, then <laughs> they have the kind of faith. Faith will rise within. Faith will find a way. And so that leads us to our last aspect, our last principle here, which is faith finds a way when forgiveness is understood and lived in. Amen. Praise God. So there you see the six different things that we picked up from this today. How faith finds a way. What facilitates the environment that helps faith find a way. That helps faith bring everything to the level of God's will, His blessing and His favor in our lives. And so I want to encourage you, chew on those, meditate on those, dwell on those. They're good for us because they help us just keep afresh what, <laughs> what, how faith finds a way, how we can facilitate the environment that helps faith find a way. So let's finish reading our portion here then and see what happened. Verse 24, the second part of verse 24 and 25. This is now still the same account. So Jesus now, he said to the man who was paralyzed, notice now he was paralyzed, it no longer is. I say to you, arise, take up your bed and go to your house. Immediately, look at that, immediately, he rose up before them, took up what he had been lying on, and departed to his own house 
glorifying God. <laughs> Praise God. How awesome is that? You see, the man went home healed and glorifying God because faith made a way for him. Faith brought his circumstance, his condition to the level of God's will, which is healed, whole and free. Amen. So faith will always, always find a way. Faith will always bring the level of God's will into our lives. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. I trust that that blessed you. I trust that you received that. I trust that, you know, and like I say, when this is available on our website, go and just listen to it again, watch it again. And of course, as you know, we'll have the slides available for you to view or download on our website too. So you can go through those. You can go through the six and just chew on those and just, you know, let the Holy Spirit do a work in your heart and in your life so that we can be the greatest facilitators for faith to find the way, for faith to bring the level of God's will in our lives. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. I trust that that blessed you. Praise God. I know that it certainly blessed me. I enjoyed sharing that with you today. We trust that you are blessed by this message. For more information about our ministry or to make a donation to help us continue spreading the gospel, please visit our website at redemptioninjesus.com.